0: This is Brewers on Tap. Welcome you into episode number 31 of Brewers on Tap, the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. My name is Jeff Levering, the host of the podcast, and you can make sure you get yourself involved in each and every podcast by tweeting the Brewers using the hashtag #BrewersOnTap, got a great podcast on hand for you here. This episode As we will hear from rookie outfielder Michael Reed, as well as Jason Rogers. Rogers hit one of the most dramatic home runs of the season for the Brewers this last weekend against the Cardinals—a pinch-hit grand slam against Trevor Rosenthal, which propelled them to a victory over the Cardinals and. Somewhat spoiling the Cardinals' season, which is always a good thing for Brewers fans. And then Michael Reed, as we talked about, who made his Major League debut against those same Cardinals and getting a double in his first at-bat. He'll talk about that in his sensational breakout season here in 2015. But before we get to those great interviews, we go back in This Week in Brewers History. And now, This Week in Brewers History. We first go back to September 28th, the year 2000, and an 8-1 defeat at the hands of the Cincinnati Reds is not enough to take away from the county stadium finale as a crowd of 56,354 is treated to an appearance by Olympic gold medalist Ben Sheets and a 100-minute ceremony emceed by the legendary and Hall of Famer Bob Uecker. Some of the returning heroes included Hall of Famers Hank Aaron and Warren Spahn of the Milwaukee Braves, Willie Davis and Jim Taylor of the Green Bay Packers, and Raleigh Fingers and Robin Yount of the Milwaukee Brewers. We also go back to 1986. That was on October 1st when Teddy Higuera becomes the first 20-game winner for the Brewers since Mike Caldwell did it back in 1978. Higuera's 20 and 11 mark makes him the first Mexican-born pitcher to win 20 games in the American League. He posted his 20th victory on October the first, 1986, against the Detroit Tigers. It's been a good week on the field for the Brewers. They split their series against the St. Louis Cardinals after losing two of three to the Chicago Cubs to start the 10-game road trip. But certainly a lot of bright spots in that Cardinals series in St. Louis.
1: see what they had you've been hearing about him for a while and and it got him Carpenter strikes out welcome to the big leagues Jonathan Barrios verified now strikes out Matt Carpenter to end the inning Davis in the right field hit well Hey we're going back and she is gone a home run Chris Davis Opposite field home run, and the Brewers take a ninth inning lead. High fly ball left center field. Hayward on the run. He looks up. Goodbye, number 25. Chris Davis does it again. And the Brewers strike first here this afternoon against Lackey and the Cardinals. Wow. He's something. That kid's strong. Weighted back nicely on a slider. The 11th pitch of the at bat on the ground, through for a base hit. Yadiel Rivera. What of that bat? Well, oh, he doesn't have many big league at bats to call on. That's going to be a great memory for him right there. Well, he'll keep that baseball. and gets it at Bush Stadium. He begins walking. That's got to feel good for him. His first big league hit in his third major league at bat. Domingo Santana figures to be the everyday right fielder from here on out and his more comfortable position. Piscotti deep into right field. Santana's going back, reaches up and he makes the catch. Right on cue, Domingo Santana at the last minute reached up and pulled that one back. Heck of a play. Yeah, I think Santana was kind of surprised that ball carried the way it did. And nice to be 6'5". Into Domingo Santana going back. He turned himself around a little bit.
2: And able to haul it in.
1: Between Double A and Triple A, hit 269. And that's going to fall for a base hit. Michael Reed on his way to second base, and his first big league at bat results in a double. Welcome to the show, young man. Boy, that is a memory he will never forget. And these St. Louis Cardinal fans, acknowledging his first big league hit, they'll save the baseball. And a memory to last a lifetime. Michael Reed is on the board,
3: and the bases are loaded. Jason Rogers is on for the crew as a pinch hitter. Swinging a drive to the gap in left center. Get up! Get out of here! It's gone for Rogers. He just hit a grand slammer, and the Brewers have the lead. Whoa! How about that one, folks? It's 5-3, Brewers, and this crowd is stunned. Right-handed batting outfield. Swing and a drive in the center by Davis. Way back, get up, get up, get out of here. It is gone for Chris Davis. Another home run, a three-run shot this time by Davis. Wow. He hit the first pitch from Manus out of here in center.
0: Not enough can be said about outfielder Chris Davis in his home run barrage as he blasted a go-ahead homer in the ninth inning on Friday and then a couple of more homers on Sunday against the Cardinals. He now has 20 home runs since the All-Star break, second most in the major leagues behind Carlos Gonzalez of the Colorado Rockies. Domingo Santana continues to play great defense, not only in center field, but now in right field, taking over for Ryan Braun, who's been shut down for the rest of the 2015 season with the lower back injury. And you saw the Major League debuts of Jonathan Barrios, who threw a scoreless couple of innings against the Cardinals, Adrian Hauser, who did the same against St. Louis, and the first big league knocks from Yadiel Rivera and Michael Reed. And as mentioned, we'll hear from Michael Reed very shortly here in the podcast about that first knock. And let's not forget about that dramatic home run from Jason Rogers, that pinch-hit grand slam against the St. Louis Cardinals. It was just the fifth pinch-hit grand slam in franchise history for the Brewers, and the first since September the 3rd, 1995, when Matt Mieske did it in Minnesota against the Twins. Well, as mentioned, Michael Reed made quite the splash when he made his Major League debut against the Cardinals over the weekend. I sat down with Michael Reed in St. Louis to talk about what it was like to be a big leaguer for the first time. Let's catch up with the crew. Joining us now on the podcast is uh, Michael Reed. And Michael, uh, Major League debut a couple of days ago in St. Louis. And uh, first Major League at-bat, your first Major League knock. And, and I'm sure if you were thinking about that moment, that's obviously one that you would want uh, one way to, for it to go, I'm sure.
2: Absolutely. I, you know, ever since I was a little boy, I dreamed of this. I really did. Um, I remember ever since I could remember, I'd tell my dad that I was going to be a professional baseball player, and that was it. That's all I wanted to do. And I uh, sacrificed a lot of time when I was younger and, uh, you know, constantly working on my game at a young age. And I give a lot of credit to my to my parents, my dad especially, Um just you know staying on me for that and it all paid off you know walking up and seeing the crowd hearing them call my name saying it was my major league debut and even getting you know cheers from the crowd here in St. Louis is just unbelievable feeling and then to you know hit a double it gives me chills just just talking about it right now it's just such a great feeling and very blessed honored and humbled you know I have a great opportunity here and uh i give all the credit to the lord how uh how much was it just in anticipation
0: getting that opportunity i mean you've been up here since the team was in chicago uh and just to have your first major league at bat come on saturday i mean you had to just been on pins and needles just hoping for that opportunity
2: yeah i was um and uh but you know the way i saw it was whenever the good lord was ready to put me in that that's when it was going to happen and so i you know, I, I just patiently waited for my opportunity. And uh, even the few days that I was here where I didn't get in, I was able to watch and, and learn a lot from the guys that have been here and done that. You know, so I, I, uh, I definitely learned a lot watching them, and, you know, I'll continue to learn. I still got a long way to go
0: never going to forget Jaime Garcia, that's for sure. And we were kidding around a little bit, uh, but have your feet hit the ground yet? I mean, you made the swing and you hit the double, and I'm sure just this weight came off your chest.
2: It, yeah, it did. It, it sure did. And it just reminded me that it, this is, it is the same game, you know, that I've been playing, you know, all my life. You know, obviously, the dimensions change when you get older, and uh, the game's a little faster than the minor leagues, but it, it is the same game. And uh, you know, there's just a little bit more people. <laughs>
0: yeah, an extra tier to these ballparks too. Uh, Michael Reed is our guest, and, and I want to talk to you about what happened here in the regular season for you. too, down in the minor leagues, you started in Double A Biloxi, and you had a great year down there. Really, the the month of May was a phenomenal month for you. you hit over three hundred, uh, over three thirty, actually, and just tore the cover off the ball. Then you go up to Triple A for a few weeks towards the month of the, towards the month of August, and then come back down for the playoff run. Just take me through what this minor league season was for you it was a really big breakout season for you
2: yeah I was I knew coming into it that it was going to be a, a very important year for me um, you know obviously it's my fifth season next year and that's you know the 40-man the year um, or no I think this year was my fifth season after your fifth season so I knew coming into it that it was going to be a uh, an important year and I, I trained very hard this off season, and I give a lot of credit to Scott Lando, which is my tra- trainer back home, and, uh, you know, he got me in shape. He kept me healthy, and that's a big thing. You know, if I wasn't healthy like I had been in the years past, um, then I wouldn't get this opportunity to be here. So I, I give a lot of credit to him. He, he got me ready, and I stayed healthy throughout this whole season. But, yeah, it's you know, this year's been crazy. Started with that 55-game road trip which was definitely an experience but uh what a great group of guys down in Biloxi I enjoyed every bit of it you know we had a great year and then I got called up to triple a and uh you know that helped out a lot you know I got to see some older guys that have been in the big leagues and I learned a lot there and uh it was an adjustment and uh so yeah I, I was very fortunate to be able to move up this year and it was actually my first season where I had been promoted uh, out of a full season team, so I that was an accomplishment.
0: Hey, you mentioned the adjustment going from Double A AA to Triple A. I mean, I feel like that's the biggest jump, uh, not only for hitters but for pitchers too, uh, because you're talking about Triple A guys who have been in the big leagues a lot, um, different approaches. You know, what was the biggest difference for you going making that leap from Double A AA to Triple A?
2: Yeah, a lot of people say that the the biggest jump is from. High A to Double A, that's not true. Double A to Triple A is definitely the biggest jump. But um, I guess the biggest thing was, you know, in in Double A, you got a lot of prospect, young prospect guys that that like to light up the radar gun. They throw hard. Um, they just may not have it mentally as much as you know the Triple A guys that have been to the show and um, you know I've been around for a while. So I think that was the biggest adjustment for me as a hitter is you know these pitchers know how to pitch you know triple a in the big leagues they know they're smart um they can throw every pitch for a strike and every pitch has movement Mm -hmm. Uh, it may not be you know as hard as double a um but they you know each pitch has movement and they never leave it over the middle of the plate you know it's always the corner so i think that was the biggest adjustment
0: the uh, the playoff run for the shuckers unfortunately came to an end um in game number 5 of the championship series against Chattanooga you guys had a 2 to 1 lead in the series but you know coming off that that loss you know for you guys you're feeling ultimate lows where you guys lose but then the manager pulls you in Carlos Sabero calls you and five other players and it says hey by the way you're going to the big league so what was that emotional swing like for you
2: it was crazy i mean obviously losing the last game you can imagine it's pretty rough you know the team was down but you know when we got to the clubhouse Carlos said we got some really good news and to have six guys from one team get called up to the big leagues is such a big deal I mean I I've never you know I haven't been around very long but I've never heard of six guys at one time going up so that was just a testament to the hard work that we have in Biloxi and and the talent we have in Biloxi. Um, so, you know, I, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what the future has in store for all the guys there. And, you know, because there is a lot of talent. And I, I feel like a lot of them will will be here eventually um, and make an impact.
0: Was that the longest plane ride you've ever been on, getting to Chicago? Because that, that had to have been, again, we talked about the anticipation of getting your first major league at bat and your first major league opportunity. I'm sure getting to the big leagues on that flight must have been taking forever,
2: yeah, it did. It, it seemed like it was forever just the anticipation and you know my family came in so I was excited to see them and you know just share this this moment with them. So yeah, it was it was definitely uh I was very um anxious to to get here or get to Wrigley and just see everybody. So not
0: a bad spot to uh to come into the big leagues of Wrigley Field. You know, a little bit of history there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um actually <laughs> funny story uh, after after that first game I went back to my hotel and I watched some history on Wrigley and that just it was just kind of a cool thing to to you know I you know I I didn't play there but I was part of the team there and it was just a cool feeling to to know that that was my first place to you know come up. Did
0: you go out and pet the ivy? The first thing I went out and did at Wrigley was I went out and pet the ivy. There was a little bit of dew on the on it, but I mean, you know, you have to.
2: I, yeah, I did. I did, and it was, you know, took a picture in front of it, and just a really cool experience.
0: You mentioned your family a couple of moments ago. Your dad, big football player, played at Ole Miss. Uh, you get a little bit of. You know, your your attitude your go get him attitude of the outfield from him a little bit I mean he's a defensive end for a long time playing in the NFL for for a year or two and I'm sure you got a little bit of grit in you because of that
2: yeah absolutely and that was a big thing growing up is my dad was real real big on um playing multiple sports not just baseball um but you know going through the baseball season and put putting that down and picking up football and not thinking about baseball and I think that helped out a lot you know Nowadays, there's a lot of young guys playing baseball you know year round, and I think a lot of times guys uh, younger kids burn out. I think uh, football for me gave me that aggressive mentality and it definitely carries over into baseball.
0: And it's good for your body, too, because you're using all the different types of muscles and stuff. It's, you know, you're not just using the shoulder because you're throwing, you know, every day of the week. Like pitchers go out there and they're 12 years old, they could blow out uh, because they're doing nothing but playing baseball. But you're playing other sports. You're using all the different types of muscles, and, and your body is getting better shape.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you get a little bit uh, different training as far as uh, weight training, you know, when you're in football. And so. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it it, it definitely carried over, um, gave me that aggressive mentality, and um, you know put a little meat on my bones. I
0: see you as I see you as a strong safety kind of whiteout kind of guy.
2: Yeah, I was actually a, I was a linebacker, I was an outside linebacker because I was, you know, I hit pretty hard. <laughs> I, I go ahead and brag a little bit, but I, I hit pretty hard in high school, and um, I was fast, so they put me an outside linebacker.
0: Nice. Well, cracking skulls and now a Major League Baseball player. Michael Reed, thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes with us here. And, uh, you know, heartfelt congratulations to you. I know you got a big offseason, too, at the Arizona Fall League coming up, but you enjoy this last week uh, in the big leagues. It's, it's going to be a fun run.
2: I sure will. And thanks for having me.
0: Great stuff from Michael Reed, and again, a breakout campaign for him. 269 average in the minor leagues. Five homers, 70 runs batted in, and 26 stolen bases. Also clubbed 33 doubles and made his major league debut. We break it down this week, and we've talked about Jason Rogers and that big grand slam he hit against the Cardinals. So we'll break down what it's like to be a late-inning guy off the bench for this Brewers team, as well as a little bit of the hijinks on the last road trip of the season. (music) Let's break it down. It's our pleasure to be joined now by first baseman and outfielder Jason Rogers. And uh, Jason, quite the ball game that you had on Sunday uh, against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, come off the bench, you got to face a tough guy Trevor Rosenthal, and you beat him with a grand slam. Take me back to that uh, ball game, and, and especially that at bat against Rosenthal.
4: Um, probably before the inning, I saw him out there. I told him if I if I was going to get that bat against him, I told John Shelby, our outfield coach, that I was going to get a hit off of him. You know, finally, I faced him maybe about four times already so far and I've been 0 for 4 but no had a great situation finally took advantage of it um nobody out not try to do too much try just try to be aggressive I know he had walked somebody and hit Maldonado so I was just trying to be aggressive I know he was trying he was gonna try to get ahead and be in the zone so I just put a good swing on it
0: a good swing it was and maybe one of the best you've had all season I mean have you hit a ball that hard this year I mean you smoked it
4: Probably not. It's been a while, yeah. But, yeah, uh, fastball right there and didn't miss it and help us win the game.
0: When was the last time you hit a grand slam?
4: Uh, minor leagues, actually, July, in the July against uh, New Orleans, the Marlins, uh, AAA affiliate. I hit a grand slam there. Those are
0: always fun, aren't they? Yeah,
4: they are. They, uh, they rarely come. So, you know, when it happens, it's fun. Jason, you've
0: uh, been playing a lot of first base here recently against left-handers. You've tried your hand in left and a little bit of third base, too. What well, was it like being out in the outfield for the first time in a while?
4: Um, it was weird at first, you know, trying to uh, practice you know, in BP, trying to track balls and get jumps and stuff. It's weird. I played it all in spring training last year, but none. It was my first time in the big leagues playing playing it. So, you know, it takes me a while to get used to it, but it's fun.
0: It's a little bit different view out there. I mean, it seems like it's so far away from home plate, doesn't it?
4: Oh, yeah. You know, it's get kind of, it gets kind of lonely out there. I'm used to being in the infield talking to the pitcher and stuff, you know. But um, just really – it's going to help me in the end you know, to play multiple positions, so it's good to be out there.
0: One of the biggest roles you've had on this team is coming off the bench, and it's a, a role that you have succeeded at greatly. Kind of, you know, it's a, not an easy role to do, come off the bench cold and see a guy who's thrown 95-plus miles an hour, but you've been so successful at it. Why is that?
4: Just preparation, really, the biggest thing, and just mentally accepting that role has helped me out a lot. Um, last year it was tough for me doing that I had maybe eight at bats one start so you know I got used to it in spring training a little bit and I prepared myself before the season hey this is probably what my job is going to be this year so doing that and preparing every day has helped me out
0: it's so difficult because you're a guy who's played every single day and to make that adjustment you know I for me it's got to be 80 percent of it's got to be mental
4: mm, yeah really you just got to accept the role really a lot of guys get upset that they're not playing every day but it's we're in the big leagues and it's, a lot of people love this opportunity to get, in. Uh, I'm having fun.
0: Well, Jason, it's uh, you know your first full rookie season. You got your first taste of it uh, last September. Uh, but one of the fun things about September is uh, you get to travel with your rookies and the, the veterans have some fun with you. And I know on the way back from uh, St. Louis to San Diego here, uh, the veterans had a good time dressing you guys up. Uh, you were dressed as a, a Hooters girl, uh, Hooters the restaurant. Uh, is that the first time you've ever worn a Hooters outfit?
4: Yes, and hopefully the last. Uh, but it was fun. Ashley and I, were we were both Hooters girls. And last year I was a sumo wrestler, which, which wasn't bad, even though it was hot the whole night in that costume. But... I just embraced, embraced being the Hooters girl. You know, it's fun. You know, we have a good fun team fun.
0: There were a lot of you guys that were dressed up. So you and Evan Ashley were the Hooters girls, and then it seemed like everybody else was a character from uh, Alice in Wonderland, right?
4: Yes. Yeah. I'm actually glad I wasn't those characters. You know, wearing the little skirts and stuff. Yeah. Sant- Santana, like he had a little dress on. I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that. So I'm pretty happy with my costume.
0: And on the way from the airport to the hotel. The bus stopped about five blocks before the hotel, so you had to walk the rest of the way downtown San Diego in those outfits.
4: Yeah, that wasn't too bad because it was just it was twenty of us, so it was pretty fun. You know, if you're by yourself, you know it's kind of awkward, people looking at you and staring. But we were just having fun with embracing it. it wasn't It wasn't bad at all.
0: Hard to believe there's twenty of you guys dressed up.
4: I know, you know, that's what happens. I guess when, you know, have all these young guys and the team were it. But, you know, it was fun.
0: Why was it that you and Nevin Ashley got the Hooters outfits?
4: I'm not sure. Probably because we were probably one of the bigger guys. So they thought, you know, getting us smaller costumes would be funny, which it was. I love
0: it. <laughs> my favorite part of your costume, not only the, the orange shorts, but the bright red hair. Yeah. I thought that was great.
4: Yeah, it was tough wearing it because the, the hair got on my face all the time. I'm not used to all that. You know, Nevin and I, we don't have hair for real. So, you know, it's tough.
0: What was it like uh, on the plane?
4: wasn't too bad. You know, I took the wig off, you know, but, you know. I didn't try to get up too much, you know, have everybody mess with me. So it wasn't too bad.
0: And David Goforth was the Caterpillar, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, he was struggling. His costume was hard to get on. He was hot. He could barely walk, and it didn't zip up in the back. But, you know, he had fun. He had probably one of the best costumes too. (laughs) It's
0: pretty legit. Jason, thanks so much for the time and uh, continued success. You've had a great run here. Thank you. Jason Rogers, one of the biggest weapons for the Brewers off the bench. He is 13 for 48 with a couple of home runs and eight RBIs as a pinch hitter and overall hitting 306 in the major leagues with four homers and 16 runs batted in. Checking in on the farm.
4: Back.
0: We check in on the farm this week and as always remind you about our blog, Minor Details, and you can see that at minordetails.mlblogs.com. Not a ton going on with the instructional league going on in Arizona for Milwaukee, but some more hardware for the stunning shortstop Orlando Arcia. Arcia was awarded the 2015 Rawlings Gold Glove Award for defensive excellence in the minor leagues this last week. He's the second consecutive Brewer in his many years to win that award. Michael Rattery won it last season as a member of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, but Orlando Arcia certainly deserved his accolade this season, committing just 13 errors in 585 total chances, a fielding percentage of 978 from one of the most difficult positions in baseball at shortstop. had a great season with Biloxi, and awarded the Minor League Player of the Year in the Brewers system. And he will receive that honor in Milwaukee this weekend when the Brewers entertain the Cubs. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. What's on tap for the Brewers? Well, they return home for the final weekend series of the 2015 season against the playoff bound Chicago Cubs. And on the final day of the year, Sunday, October the 4th, all fans will receive a retro knit cap just in time for the fall. Then get yourselves ready for the 2016 season. We'll have Arizona Fall League updates during the months of October and November, news from the winter meetings in December. Then it'll be just in time for the on deck event January 31st and spring training. Training just a couple of weeks after that and it'll be here before we know it so visit brewers.com for tickets and make sure you're at miller park for the final weekend series of the 2015 season that's going to do it this week for brewers on tap in episode number 31 don't forget to tweet those questions to the brewers using the hashtag brewers on tap thanks again to our great guests outfielder michael reed and jason rogers Next week, we'll do a season recap of how the 2015 year went down for the Brewers with great highlights from the great moments that we had. My name is Jeff Levering. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Brewers! Brewers!